Hello and welcome back to another episode of the We Call It Soccer Show. I'm Walker Manning, joined by my guy. He's wearing a beanie and a tank top. Looks like he just got done benching 400 pounds with one hand. Michael, Martin, Jeffrey, Jordan, Fahey. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. So let's get it going. All right. In the picks last week, we went six for 10. Uh, Chelsea beating Ever- beating Crystal Palace 4-0. Everton beating Brighton 4-2. Um, Leeds and City, they didn't go over two and a half. And United and Burnley did. So two for four on the first day. And on Sunday games, West Ham with a massive upset over Leicester 3-0. Uh, Southampton beating West Brom got that. Arsenal got the dub. Wolves got the dub for us. The over two and a half in the Tottenham United game definitely hit. And then to cap off the weekend, we lost out when Aston Villa upset Liverpool in probably the biggest upset of the season so far. All right, going to review those games real quick and then get into some transfer business. Chelsea for... Crystal Palace, zero. Um, It was 0-0 at halftime. Chelsea took a while to break them down. Ben Chilwell opened it up, followed by Kurt Zuma, and then two penalties by Jorginho. Um, Chelsea played a good game here, out-possessed, out-shot, out-shots on cage, more big chances created. Palace didn't really come to play, but the big storyline, baby Jesus, back in the eleven. Got to sub on today. Um, it's always good to see him back, and that's definitely why they, they, they won so dominantly. Anything to add in that? Uh, yeah, no. Um, always good to see an American back on the field. Uh, Chelsea won a game. You know, they should have won. They should have dominated, which they did. Uh, but another thing it's to look at, without Pulisic, their um, wide production has been – pretty bad you know um Timo Werner hasn't been able to play he still didn't play that well in this dominating win and uh Callum Hudson at Doy got on uh this game started and he still wasn't able to make a huge impact as well so I definitely think Pulisic coming back is going to help them out and uh make them a little more potent on the attack especially from out wide yeah definitely and it's a good thing that he's gonna have to stay with Chelsea too because I don't the U.S. doesn't play any games for until March, I think. So he's going to be in the facility, getting his body right, hopefully ready to start by the time breaks over. Mm -hmm. Next game on the weekend, Everton 4, Brighton 2. Dominic Calvert-Lewin opened up the scoring in the 16th minute. Man's on fire. He just cannot stop. But then Neil Mopai, the crying man, equalized in the 41st. And free free kick just before halftime. Peach of a ball by James, Yeremina, bunnies over everybody, 2-1, Everton. And then from there on, James proceeded to continue taking over the game, made it 3-4-1. and four, one. Game was out of hand, and Yves Busuma, I don't know if I'm saying that right, he made it 4-2 and out of time. But it really wasn't very competitive. Everton bossed this game. They were out-possessed, but that's fine. Comparable amounts of shot. Everton had more on cage, and they even created four big chances to Brighton's one. That's domination if I've ever seen it. Highlight of this game definitely had to be 
Hamas's assist to Dominic Calvert-Lewin. No, 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 not his assist. It led to Hamas' goal, but he intercepted it and he backheeled it. Did you see that one? Yeah, at the same time. Two birds, one stone. That was insane. That was insane, man. Player of the year. He's going to be player of the year. If you can argue that right now, it's you can't. It's impossible. Uh, Everton played really well. One thing to – or a couple things to note on was they did have a few injuries. Uh, so, Richarlison came off in the 25th minute, I believe, with a little knock. Uh, I don't know if he went on international duty or whatnot, but we'll see what happens there. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise because Richarlison hasn't been that good this year. Um, a Wobie could come in and add a new dynamic to this team. And then another injury was that Seamus Coleman came off at the hour mark. And, uh, again, don't know if he's going on duty, but uh, two big injuries to two starters for Everton, which uh, isn't good, but they really did boss this game. Everyone played pretty solid outside of Jordan Pickford. Um, and he may be the Achilles heel of this team making any type of noise because he's just – he's not good. And yeah, that's game. not good. <laughs> yeah. In so. a tight game, he could really hurt him, man. He, uh, oh, yeah. That mistake at the, the Neil Maupai one, that was that was bad. <laughs> just butterfingers, man. Uh, yeah. But, uh, I mean, they got – they're probably the hottest team in the world right now. Uh, I, and I may be overreacting, but – now without they're, a doubt, they're in form. I mean, Hamas hasn't had below an eight match rating since he's been on Everton, which is pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Dominic Calvert-Lewin is scoring goals like they're going out of style, and just there, anyone that comes in their way, they're putting three or four past them and moving on to the next. So yeah, they're strong. They're strong. Yeah, really looking forward to the Maryside Derby once once the break gets gets over with. Oh it's yeah, be a crazy game. Next game on the weekend, Leeds won, Man City won. Uh, Raheem Sterling opened up the scoring in the 17th minute. Um, then Rodrigo equalized all the way in the 59th. This game easily could have been like 3-3, 4-4, something crazy like that. But aside from the Rodrigo goal, Ederson had a wonderful game, and so did Jan Meisler. He, on Leeds, he had a great game, too. They're making saves left and right. This game was very back and forth. Uh, by, like, the hour mark, the midfields were just completely vacated. They were just running up the pitch, running down the pitch. It was really fun soccer to watch. City should be a bit disappointed they didn't win this game. Ben Mendy continues to be a liability. But Ruben Diaz and Amrick Laporte had a great debut together. They got a natural chemistry, it looks like. Plenty of Portuguese-speaking fellows on the team, so Ruben can find his way around the pitch. And um, that looks like that's going to be a great partnership for years to come. Uh, Mendy finally went out in the 70th first. Nathan Aki played left back for the remainder of the game. Might want to see more of that, to be honest. Maybe a back three, but honestly, like he's fast enough. He's not a very physically imposing guy, so maybe we need a left back that will stay home because he doesn't possess the attacking acumen that Mendy has. Any thoughts? Yeah. Um, I just think, uh, but you know, like you said, Ederson played really well and uh, it's, it's a shame that the one mistake he had all game uh, cost him a goal and cost city three points. So 
that's uh, I think his mental errors are something that could be corrected, but you know, really fun game uh, open the lead should look at this and kind of say like, Hey, we, we definitely had a chance to get three points from here and take that as a, uh, and take that with some momentum going into their next fixtures and hopefully uh, be able to pick up more points for them and just keep going. Um, but yeah, this was, like you said, a great game to watch just fast, basically no shape going into the last few minutes of it. Just absolute carnage. But that's, that's what you love to see. That is what you love to see. It, it was really fun watch. But uh, Raheem definitely had some some issues finishing. There was this one time he was in on goal, decided to cut it back instead of just shooting it. It, uh, uh, it was bad. Yeah, at least it wasn't a tapping. Exactly. You know, he, he scored a goal, so I can't be like too mad. But, you know, <laughs> kid gets 20 chances, scores one. Efficiency. All right. Personified. Efficiency. Next game on the weekend Newcastle three, Burnley one. Um, Alan St. Maximan had a beautiful run, beautiful finish to open up the scoring in the 14th minute. Series of yellow cards preceded that, came after that goal. Postseded. I don't know the word. Um, Ashley <laughs> made it 1-1 but then Callum Wilson four minutes later made it 2-1 <laughs> oh god I'm going to start that over and try no you're going to leave that in <laughs> alright I'm going to leave it in 3-1 uh, Callum Wilson penalty in the 77th minute um, this game had more goals than I anticipated that being said um, Newcastle really bossed this game they were the better team I really feel bad for Sean Dyke at this point. Uh, they didn't sign anybody, not a not a soul, this transfer window. Deadline's over. Maybe they can still sign somebody from an English team until the 16th. But um, I really feel bad for the guy because at this point, I feel like his hands are tied. He needed fresh bodies. He needed more depth in the squad. And... Um, it really looks like Burnley, uh, if they don't get their shit together like real soon, they're, they're going to be going down. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It's, it's sad to see. Um, they've such, always been such a solid team. Like, you would never pick them to finish top 10, but you definitely fit, pick them to finish top 12. Like, they've always been that type of team that's just tough to go to and get results and to see this kind of drop-off because of the lack of support from uh, – ownership and I know how that feels as a fan of Manchester United but it's definitely definitely not good you know it's not good to see it I hope they don't go down but they're trending towards that way um on the Newcastle side I'd like to apologize to Callum Wilson um you're not that bad you're not uh but you definitely could do better but you had a great game two goals and assist led the line uh insane and um I don't know how big of an injury this was, but I think uh, St. Maximin did come off injured in that game. So that uh, mm. that could be a storyline to look forward to, or not look forward to, I guess. It's terrible of me to say. Watch going forward. Yeah, to watch going forward, unless uh, you're sadistic and like that stuff. But uh, <laughs> no, yeah, we got to see how that plays out. Hopefully it's not too long because uh, this Newcastle team is in pretty good form and they got a pretty uh, – 
easy game coming up when the Premier League comes back in United. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, they look all right. And uh, they're going to need St. Maximin if they want to pick up points for that game because he will do some things to those defenders. He will do something. Cal Muslin's going to have five goals in the first half as long as Harry Maguire plays. Yeah, apparently Newcastle fans were very excited when they signed him. Didn't understand it, but now I do. Now I do. Next game on the weekend, a shocker. Last episode, I was absolutely convinced. I said, don't even think twice about it. Leicester City money line. They fucked multiple, multiple parlays of mine. It was a really sad day at the office. Leicester zero, West Ham three. Uh, Michael Antonio gets a run in right side of the box, slots it in the left side of the goal. Beautiful finish in the 14th minute. Pablo Fornals in the 34th made it 2-0. And then in uh, the 83rd, Gerard Bowen, one-man wrecking crew, makes it 3-0, put the game away. Um, in terms of stats, uh, lesser controlled possession, but they only took four shots, and none of those were on target. They created one big chance, and they missed a big chance, shot the ball, didn't even hit the cage. It was really embarrassing. West Ham, though, played an excellent counterattacking style. 14 shots, six on cage, three big chances created, and zero missed. That's why they won 3-0. Dominating performance from West Ham, I'd say. They played their game to a T. And um, if Michael Antonio, Gerard Bowen, and the rest of the boys can can stay in this type of form, then um, they're gonna they're gonna keep pulling out results like this and the four 0 thrashing that they handed out Wolves. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I guess David Moy should just stay coaching from home at this point. I mean, undefeated, unscored on seven zero uh, goal difference in two games. They're just. They're a team uh, that's trending upwards. Um, I don't know who they have next round. I think it's uh, Tottenham. They have Tottenham, so that'll be a tough Ooh. test. Uh, good test, though. The way they're playing, they should be brimming with uh, confidence as well as Tottenham, the way they just uh, got a win the other day. But, um, yeah, no, West Ham's trending up. Leicester, uh, I think this is just a fluke, honestly, for them. Uh, no one really played well. No one really did anything to, you know, to stop this from happening. So I don't think this is the beginning, but I just think this was a little uh, blip. And I think they'll be back on their feet next week when they play uh, Aston Villa, who is also a very good team. So that'll be a tough one, but I think they get back on their feet. Yeah, those would be two very interesting games. Mourinho's probably going to try and sit back on West Ham. West Ham, uh, I don't know what they're going to do with that. Uh, the Leicester-Aston Villa game, honestly, only team that looks more deadly on the break than West Ham right now is definitely Villa. Crazy. Um, next game on the weekend, Southampton 2, West Brom 0. Uh, Musa Dineppo. Opened up the scoring in the 41st minute. Oreo Romero made it 2-0 in the 69th minute. Nice. Um, Southampton controlled possession, took more shots, more on cage, 
created one big chance and missed their big chance, but they got two goals anyway. Uh, they really just bossed this game. Um, I thought Southampton was going to win, but I thought it would be more competitive. West Brom would have more of a stake in this game, probably some more possession and shots. But they were just dominated yet again after that 3-3 draw to Chelsea. That may be the highlight of their season. Um, they, they just don't look like a good team. That On the other hand, not like overly impressed with Southampton. They look all right. They're getting Theo Walcott back. So that could help them a little bit, give Danny Ings some more some more service up front. But, you know, the, eh, nothing, nothing right home about from anybody. Yeah, I agree. Pretty, uh, pretty lackluster game. Uh, especially from West Brom. I'm surprised by the outcome of this one, to be honest. Uh, you know, I just think West Brom had so many, I don't want to say solid results, but gutsy performances the last couple of weeks, especially this Chelsea one they're coming off of. I know it sucked to be up big and then end with a draw, but that is against the top four team in the country. So, you know, it's, it's tough. I didn't expect them to do this. Uh, Southampton, I mean, they needed this. They really did. Um, tough start to the season for them. And maybe this will kickstart them, but I don't know, because they played okay, but like you said, they didn't really look all that good. They played better than the team they were playing against, and I guess that's all they needed to do, but I wouldn't be too too happy about uh, the performance if I was a Southampton fan going forward. Yeah, West Brom, they've, they've usually showed at least one, maybe two moments of class in all yeah. the games, and there were no moments of class in this game. Mm-hmm. Next game on the weekend, Gunnersaurus Rex to Sheffield United 1. Um, Bakayo Saka opens up the scoring off an assist from Hector Bellerin, fullback to fullback. That's cool. 1 0 in the 61st. Um, Nicola Pepe makes it 2-0 after, after another Bellerine assist. Look at that. And then David McGoldrick late in the game makes it 2-1. Um, Arsenal controlled possession, but they weren't overly creative up top. Only took six shots with five on cage. Created one big chance um, as opposed to Sheffield zero. They were the better team on the day, but... Um, what are you going to do? This the Sheffield team really isn't all looking like it's all that this year. I thought that Arsenal would win more comfortably and certainly break them down sooner than the hour mark. But three points is three points. Good job to the Gunners. Yeah, three points. Uh, not the best game. You know, they averaged um, lower than a seven match rating across the board. So. Not really too much to go off of there. Uh, There's some bright spots, you know, with Arsenal, which we'll touch on more later with uh, the transfers. But they could uh, be looking at a revamped midfield coming into the next game. So Danny Ceballos is playing pretty wide, so he's one of the better performers on this team. And uh, to have him finally get a partner in there, like a solid partner that isn't Gurani Xhaka, uh, would definitely help him out. So, you know, good on them. Uh, they won. That's all you need to do. But Sheffield, I don't know what's happening with them. Uh, 
I want to say it's all Dean Henderson, but it's not. Uh, there's just something like a switch flipped and it flipped the wrong way coming into this season. Um, and it's honestly been ever since the, uh, the goal that never was against Villa, you know, that, uh, that cost him a win. And so I think that was uh, the downfall for him, but they haven't looked the same since then. And, uh, you know, there's, they need to turn it around or else I could definitely see this team going back down to the championship. I hope they don't. They were a fun, not a fun, but a solid team to kind of cheer for on the side last year. Yeah, I mean, you're a United fan. You can, you know, you can cheer for the other team in Yorkshire. Uh, it was nice to see them have a derby finally after all these years. But, uh, you know, at this point, it looks like they're one of the worst teams in the league. Mm-hmm. All right, next game on the weekend. Wolverhampton Wanderers 1, Fulham nil. Um. I'm beginning to think more and more that this Wolves team is, I overreacted when they got some result results. Um, they don't look that impressive to me. They didn't break down this leaky, leaky Fulham defense until the 56th minute, Pedro Neto. That was the only goal of the game. Um, Nelson Semedo went down with a knock. I don't know the status of his health. But that could be big because that was one of their marquee signings this this season. I, I don't know why that would be a marquee signing. Um, I didn't think he was very good for Barcelona. I don't think he plays very well for Wolves. Yeah, he stretches the field. He makes runs up. But he's a bit of an asshole tracking back. Um, Fulham outpossessed them. Wolves outshot them and had more shots on cage. Um, Fulham created a big chance and missed it. Bulls created two and missed both. Uh, not a good game from either team, in my opinion, but Wolves' money line still hit, so don't really care. Uh, yeah, this is uh, troubling from Wolves, to say the least. This is a team that they should be able to break down with ease, be able to attack with ease, and be able to get a result against with ease. And they just couldn't do it. Um, it's just... Not good. Glad to see the defense has a shirt up by throwing in a couple Americans at the back. That's always good to see for Fulham. Um, Anthony Robinson uh, was tied for the highest rated player uh, on the Fulham team and joint second highest in the game. So, you know, something to look at Fulham there, the player Americans. Uh, But yeah, I think this is a, you know, three points, like we always say, is always the most important thing. But I don't think Fulham should hang their head on this one. Uh, Wolves is looked at as a decent team across the league, a tough task. And, you know, Fulham are looked at as a laughing stock. So to only hold this to 1-0 and keep yourself in the game, you know, good on you. You should use that momentum. Scott Parker, you shouldn't give up. Uh, you <laughs> should you should go forward. Don't lose three off the bounce. Try and win one. And uh, But, yeah, just Wolves are looking – Little shock. Uh, uh, they're gonna when they run into that Christmas patch and that November patch of tough games. It's gonna be tough for them. They're gonna they're gonna fall off. I think. Yeah, always good to see an American playing and playing well. He recorded a key pass, so that's nice to see. Um, I've been worried about the depth that we have at the back for America, especially in the center back slash left back position, but. Um, 
Things are looking good. Things are looking real, real good nowadays. Yeah. Fulham, though. Scott Parker, he's, he, like you said in, in the episode two, man, he said they were going to lose three or four on the bounce, and they have now lost three or four on the bounce. So that's uh, – hey, at least he's getting that right, you know? Yeah, he, I mean, he, he should say we should win a couple off the bounce, and he might win a couple. Who Scott's knows? Maybe he can speak it into existence. <laughs> All right, next game on the weekend. Manchester United won Tottenham Hotspur 6. Haven't had a 6-1 loss at the Theatre of Dreams since my boys Manchester City did it to y'all. Um, Bruno Fernandez opened up Bruno Fernandez opened up the scoring. First minute penalty. Yeah. After that, all Spurs. Tangai and Dembele scored in the fourth minute. After Harry Maguire was playing patty cake, tackled his own man. Young Ming Son off a quickly taken free kick. Heads up play Harry Kane. 2-1 in the seventh. And then, although United was already looking shaky, it already looked like they were going to lose, in my opinion. The ref absolutely killed the game with uh, Anthony Martial. Red card for, quote-unquote, violent conduct. When Lamella had his arm raised, elbowed him in the face, and then Martial, you know, gave him a little tap back. Um, Lamella stood up for two seconds and then chose to fall down like he had just got stabbed or something crazy. Um, You never want to see that on a soccer field. It's a disgrace that VAR wasn't involved in this decision whatsoever. Um, they're, They're giving out penalties for the wildest of handball calls. A lot of them bullshit, but in a decision that is clearly going to alter the game, they're not to be found. I don't understand that. But then Spurs just, it, it, it got ugly. Harry Kane, 3-1 in the 30th. Son, 4-1 in the 37th. Serge Aurier got on the board in the 51st. And Harry Kane made it 6-1 in the 79th on a penalty. Whew. Um... This was this was not encouraging from United because even though the ref killed the game, you want to see Harry Maguire, you want to see some leader on the team be like, hey, guys, pick it up, get your head in the game, let's sit back, let's defend, let's keep this close at least, and then maybe we can try and build and equalize, you know? But instead, the body language really just dropped. Um, I heard a, a report that Bruno needed to be separated from Harry Maguire in the locker room. He said things along the lines of he doesn't deserve to wear the shirt. Um, that's probably true. Your Not thoughts probably. on your it team? Is true. It is true. He needs to – if I had a Maguire shirt, I'd be burning it right now. But it's a disgrace. Um, the Martial red card, I mean, you know, rules are rules. Softest red card we'll probably see this season. But hands to the face, I guess it's hands to the face. But uh, Lamella should also been s- sent off for simulation. I mean, that's yeah. you don't have that. You have the simulation rule in there, and then you that is it should have been sent off definition. for the elbow to the face. Yeah, the elbow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you touch a face, you touch a face. Like and it's. But I get know. it. The ref sees the reaction, but that's what VAR is for. So yeah, and Martial is real, so he didn't go down. 
he's real. So he just gave him a little tap, couldn't have hurt a mosquito. And he gets sent off, um, you know, but just the back line, uh, Maguire, no, don't even want to comment on him. Luke Shaw, terrible game. You're, you're out. You're out. Tellers is here. Enjoy the bench. Um, yeah, Eric Bailly had to recover for every single one of Maguire's mistakes, which made him look worse by being out of the position. But I think he was our best on the back line. Uh, Wamba Saka, pretty, pretty like bystander game. Didn't do much, didn't cause much, didn't create much. And then De Gea, uh, unlucky, unlucky. Just the first goal I want to point out when Maguire uh, tackled Luke Shaw and asked for the foul on Luke Shaw, he actually, De Gea would have saved the shot. It was going right at his chest. And then Harry Maguire decides to take his big oafy ass and just slide in front of the ball and deflect it in and then uh, put his hands up looking around for a call. But, you yeah, know, that's a uh, Spurs played okay. They don't deserve my praise when you play a team that played that bad. Uh, then, yeah, just no Cavani uh, next week. So it's going to be tough up top as he still has to quarantine. So we might see a... Uh, Welsh Sonic the Hedgehog back in action and Mason Greenwood up top. So not looking good for United, looking good for Spurs. We move. We move. The Spurs team, though, they really look like they're buying in to what Mourinho is selling, though. I saw after the game, Hugo Lloris and Mourinho just had a big old man hug. And you, you love to see that kind of stuff. They believe in Mourinho ball. They look like a team of 11 absolute cunts out there. Bastardly bunch of men, and I love it. Uh, if you're a Spurs fan, you have you have a bright future, I think. Just for this season, though. Just this season. Season three is always the uh, meltdown. Season three is the collapse where he throws the board under the bus because he doesn't have the players he wants. He doesn't have signings where uh, the players uh, are lazy again. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, enjoy it while last. Enjoy well last. They'll get Champions League and then knocked out in group stage next year. But, you know, tough. tough. It's what it is. <laughs> it is. That, that's life sometimes. Um, next game on the weekend, Aston Villa. Seven. Liverpool, two. Not going to lie, before this game, I thought Liverpool was going to run away with the league in the form they're in. But there are definitely chinks in that armor. Ollie Watkins opened up the scoring 1-0 in the fourth Made it 2-0 in the 22nd. More salad, 2-1 in the 33rd. John McGinn, 3-1 in the 35th. And then Ollie Watkins, 4-1 in the 39th. Oh, my God, what a first half. My favorite moment was on Sky Sports. Patrice Evra had just got done pouring his heart out for how he felt about this Man United club and the board and the players on the pitch right now. It was sad stuff. And what's the... Do you know the name of the old dude that sits across from him? Uh, the Liverpool him. guy. The Liverpool guy on Sky Sports. Oh, uh, Jamie Carragher? No, no, no. The, the old one. Well, anyway, he, um, he was just having a good old time. He was cracking up, watching Patrice's sorrow. And then fast forward halftime of this game, the roles are absolutely reversed. Patrice has a little chuckle on. This guy looks like he fucking hates his life. He doesn't want to be there anymore. Second half, 
5-1. Ross Barkley, rejuvenated man. Uh, more salad makes a 5-2 at the hour mark. And then Grealish grabs a brace to cap off the game. Um, this game started off poorly for Liverpool. Adrian had a absolute boof. Um, and then mistakes just proceeded to happen on the Liverpool part. Aston Villa were able to sit in on their midfield and really pull off a nice press and counterattacking style. Um, I don't want to take anything away from Aston Villa because they played very well here and they look like a good team going forward. But there were like three or four goals off deflections. Um, I feel like they would have won this game without them because I still like 3-2, 4-2. But there was some luck involved. As for Liverpool, they really look like they missed Sadio Mane. They can't pull off that press without him. And uh, Van Dyke, he is definitely human. He made several errors this game. Just terrible game from him and from the midfielders, all three of them. What do you think? Yeah, um, you know, love to see Liverpool get beat worse than United, um, especially when United got beat that bad. Um it's, I, you know, this this game cheered me up. Uh, so I'm happy to see it. But, you know, Liverpool, like you said, uh, some kinks in the armor. Uh, Jack Grealish, almost with the double hat trick. Uh, two goals, three assists, absolutely doing whatever he wanted with the so-called best defender in the world. Um, just absolutely destroying him with a nutmeg. Uh, just crazy scenes, but... You know, Villa, if you look besides possession, it was all them. More shots, more shots on cage. They missed more big chances, and they were still able to win by five goals. Um, Like you said, deflections um, and all that stuff. But, I mean, you can't – Liverpool, you can't – you can't lose to a team like that. I mean, you got blown out by a team that completed 68% of their passes. How I just, you got, you didn't lose. You got blown out. You got embarrassed. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's not good for Liverpool. They got to be worried. I would think about uh, Everton coming up. Um, yeah. We know no Mane, but Mane is not going to save or defend a goal. He made an added one or two, so make it 7-4, a little bit more respectable. Or 7-3, but Mane coming back is only going to help this attack, and that defense uh, looked pretty bad. I don't know how long Allison's set to miss. I think I heard like six six weeks, four, six weeks. So that's uh, uh, a... Yeah, that's going to be a problem for them going forward, especially against this Everton side. It'll be like Pickford versus Pickford back there. So um, we'll see. That'll be a that'll be a fun one to watch, but not looking good for Liverpool and Villa. Just proven that uh, I don't think they should even be thinking about relegation at this point, or not even at this point, but this season. Just now, they're they're basically like a fourth of the way to safety. Yeah, five weeks in, so. But- We'll see. They look, they look good. Ollie Watkins, first Premier League hat trick. What a day yeah. for the boy. What a day. Um, all right. That does it for this weekend's games. 
made a little bit over 10% on your bankroll. Still not great, but we're making money. We're making money. Next, before we get into transfers, just going to talk about how the American boys did. Gio Reyna, hat trick of assists this weekend. What a game oh, by yeah. him. He already has crazy chemistry with Erling Holland. Um, it's just what a player and what a game. But the kid that I was most impressed with in the Bundesliga, without a doubt, Chris Richards, bagged an assist. But I went back and watched the highlights. He could have had three assists, man. Um, one of his headers the, that he that was on the end of his balls was uh, boofed. And the other one was called marginally offsides. Um, I know he was a center back growing up, but he looks really good at that right back spot, man. He's big. He's he's got speed, and the way he crosses the ball is it's really really cool. It just like goes right over the defender's head. I don't know how he managed to do that. He gets that dip on it, but it's dope to see. Um, and then of course Joshy Sargent. Played an okay game, but he had a key pass in there. So, you know, he's he's contributing, and the, his team won, of course. And then Tyler Adams actually did not start. Did he Did he play? Is he hurt? Is Tyler Adams hurt? <laughs> I don't know about um, that. I don't know. But he didn't play. He, didn't, he wasn't on the 18 for Leipzig. So that does it for the boys in Germany. Huh. Yeah. Any standout uh, Americans for you this weekend? Uh, yeah, I'm going to jump over to uh, La Liga in Spain and uh, just talk really quickly about uh, the first American to ever suit up and play a professional game for FC Barcelona. Uh, Serginho Dest came on for an injured uh, Jordi Alba and uh, just played pretty well. I mean, he didn't have much time to do anything. Uh really productive but you know he didn't make any mistakes which is huge on a debut you know his interview after he was buzzing just absolutely like all smile here could barely talk um and you never like to see someone get hurt but you always don't mind to see someone get hurt when there's an american behind him ready to take a spot which is the case with serginio um jordi alba's down we don't know for how long could miss a couple games. He may even miss a Champions League tie against Juventus coming up. So, uh, Serginio versus McKinney loading possibly. Um, it's loading. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what that does. But great for him to make his debut. Conrad also on the bench, which is another great step. Uh, so yeah, there's a couple of Americans taking over at FC Barcelona, and uh, so that's that's great. That's can't can't complain. He really only played can't. 15 minutes, got an interception and a key pass. I thought they yes. looked looked better going forward, at least um, when he came on. And no, no shame in drawing to that Sevilla team. They're they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I played the whole game. That's just me. That's just me. What do I know besides the fact that he's better than everyone else on Barcelona? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I don't think anybody yeah, would. Who is Messi? I don't know. Has he even scored yet? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the last American, so. <laughs> his team, Weston McKinney, the old lady, 
they were involved in some controversy this weekend. Did you hear about that? Yeah, yes. I'm a, a forfeit. No? I a forfeit win? Did that? I thought, oh, I, I thought it was still up in the air because the thing is, Syria being Syria, the same league that said racism doesn't happen at their games, these guys, they have different guidelines for the coronavirus than the Italian government. Napoli, multiple players tested positive. They were at practice, team meetings together, yada, yada, tra- traveled on the PJ together and everything. Um, so Syria said that they should come to the game and play the game, but Napoli then went and asked the Italian government or whatever health officials are are have jurisdiction over those type of things. And they said the Napoli should not go to the game. So <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Syria actually did give Juve the three points on a forfeit win, but that was just funny to see, to be honest, you know, that's, Syria going to Syria. That's ridiculous. I mean, cause I was reading about it a little bit that said, if Juventus did get the three points, they would have to just field the starting eleven. And because, yeah, right here, I'm looking on a uh, sofa score and it says insufficient players for Napoli. So uh, it's not canceled because of coronavirus. It's not postponed because of coronavirus. They just said you couldn't field enough players, which uh, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But, Everybody's going on break, you know, just can't, can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just. Uh, what is it? Um that if Juve won, it would have been a 3 nothing win. And those goals would have went to the top scorer on the team. And that person is Cristiano Ronaldo. So that would have just added another three goals to his, to his tally. And Ooh. I think would have just <laughs> probably would have given him the golden boot. <laughs> Super yeah. and just a free three goals for Ronaldo without wasting any energy. I mean, he's done it before while playing but it would have been a first i think without playing <laughs> so yeah that would have been quite a feat on and off the field yeah that's the type of man he is though world beater all right so that that's what happened in the premier league that's what's going on with our boys in the red white and blue now we're going to talk about deadline day what moves got done? What moves you like the best? Who are you going to be looking for? You want to kick it off? Yeah, I'll, I'll kick it off. Uh, a little bit of a segue. Uh, a little American transfer news going on first. Uh, we got DeAndre Yedlin did not move from Newcastle to Bastikas, which was reportedly close. Um, he could still drop down to the championship, but I don't know if that's in his cards. He might still be able to go to the MLS. So I'm not too sure about that. But, uh, yeah, it just looks like he's going to be a Newcastle player at the end of this. Then another American transfer. We have Brendan Aronson, Philadelphia Union's playmaker, going to Red Bull Salzburg in the winter after, I believe it's after he completes this MLS season. So uh, good move for him. Great step up, going to the best coach uh, that has any ties to the United States of America. Shots fired, Greg. Um, mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, it's a good move. Happy to see him go and a good transfer. You know, glad to see MLS finally letting their players leave and taking some steps forward. Yeah, uh, got any uh, input on those too? Yeah, I'm excited for Aronson to move, finally get out of Philly. Bad things are happening over there. Maybe not for long. This was a good thing that happened in Philadelphia. <laughs> and I'm really excited to have him play under Jesse March. Um, I think he's a great coach, definitely the best one that has any American ties. I saw this video the other day. It was halftime of their Champions League game with uh, Liverpool. Um, his Austria English, Austria English, he's Kurt, he adds fuck in every other Austrian word. I thought it was really dope. He got the boys going and makes you want to run through a wall. And those and those players did run through a wall. That was a very competitive game. Hats off yeah. to Salzburg in that match and uh, <clears throat> get him the USA job ASAP. Um, oh yeah, yesterday. One of the moves that went down. Ross Barkley getting a lo- no, not Ross Barkley. No, 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 no. Other one. Ruben Loftus Cheek getting a loan. <laughs> I think he's a big physical guy. Um, I think he'll do well in that Fulham midfield. He improves the team off the bat. Carlos Vinicius getting his loan from Benefica to Tottenham. I haven't watched too much of him, but from what all reports say, he's a talented, talented player, and um, he should be able to help out that team creatively. Theo Walcott going on loan from Everton back to his home, Southampton. Like I said earlier, Danny Ains could use some help up top, some more creativity, some more service. I think he'll actually get to play football. I don't remember, but I'll pretend I remember him bursting onto the scene. Youngest player for Southampton ever, 16 years of age, going back to where it all started. And my favorite signing on the day, Rafinha from Rennes going to Leeds for 17 mil. I think that's a steal. He's a talented midfield slash winger. And um, I think that gives them more depth. And him and Elder Costa on the pitch at the same time, that's going to be that's gonna be fun to watch. That's gonna, even more fun to watch than they already are. Uh, Any other signings you like around deadline day? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do like the Thomas party to Arsenal deal. I think that shares up their midfield, gives Danny Ceballos a partner in there. Could be a good double pivot, in my opinion. Uh, we'll see how Arteta is able to work those two together. I think he'll be fine and he'll figure out what to do. So Arsenal did improve. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. I did like uh, a few of the United moves. They weren't the ones that you know we were looking for at all. Uh, but I'm happy with the Adma. Adam Troy, he's a he's a player. He's going to be really nice, and uh, just sucks that we get him in January rather than now because we need him. You know, Cavani, another deadline day deal for United. I think every deal United made outside of Van de Beek was a deadline day deal. So um, <laughs> that's that's fun. Uh, and Alex Tellez, you know. Uh, I think he's going to come into the league and immediately be the best left back in the league. Um, Andy Robertson to come outside. Like it's no longer you, the Brazilian star El Salaco 
Agnew. He's here. And uh, best signing of the window outside of James Rodriguez. And uh, you'll see it. But, yeah, um, that's about it, I think. Nothing really else. Nothing else really. You guys did get a winger. Yeah, yeah, the, the Uruguayan kid. That's that's cool, I guess. <laughs> I don't like. I wish him best of luck, Facundo uh, Palestieri, or Palestri. Um, good luck. Um, I hope you're good. No one knows who you are. Um, just, <laughs> just, just wait thanks. till the welcome to United highlight tape drops. You're gonna think he's the best player in fucking South America. No, yeah, I I watched the the Traore video and I don't even know who Sancho. <laughs> who is Who's Sancho? I have no idea. Never heard of him. Who's Dembele? What? Never heard of him. But uh, no, yeah, it's a, it's tough. But yeah, tell us, tell us, gonna be the best left back in the league. Ink that. Um. Yeah, another deal that I like too is Everton got Robin Olsen, goalkeeper from Roma. Uh, yes. I believe he's a Swedish number one. Going to challenge Pickford at least, you know, give him some competition. So hopefully that makes him pick up his play. And finally, I only know this kid strictly because of FIFA. But I assume he was also good in real life because he was on loan to Leeds last season back at Manchester City, loaned out again to Fulham this year. Center back Tosin Adare Bio. Kid is tall. He's fast. I believe he's a good passer of the ball. And, you know, Fulham needs some help at that back line. So, yeah, I think that's a good move. Yeah. All right. Um, last but not least on the show today, since we're going into a break and there's going to be 10 days, they're going to get these new signings in. Hopefully some teams will get healthier. Um, and moves have been made since our initial Premier League prediction. Is there any pick, any any take that you had in our initial prediction show that you would like to mulligan? You get one chance. Will you take it? If, is there anything you said that you want to revise today? Hmm. Hmm. I'm trying to think back on what I said. I think I said Hamas player of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can bet your bottom dollar that I am sticking to that. I'll double down on that. Double um, down. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Golden Glove. Golden Glove. I think I said De Gea. Um, I- <laughs> yeah, no, not going to happen. Not going to happen at all. No no shot, no chance, nothing. I, I don't care. It's not his fault, though. Like, not his fault at all. It's the it's the Chuckle Brothers in front of him, the Three Stooges, if you will. And, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm sorry, Dave. Uh, sorry, Dean. Uh, sorry, Sergio. It's not – no, you guys – all your clean sheets combined probably would still get fifth. So, uh, yeah, that'll be my uh, – that'll be my mulligan. And I think I'll put – huh. I think I'm going to put Loris in there instead. Uh, then I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that. So well, um, uh, what's your uh, mulligan going to be? So I'm going to mulligan this one for the both of us. And I don't care what you say, but uh, we both had United second in the table. Um, 
I think there's no chance in hell that that happens at this rate. Um, <laughs> and what I'm going to do, I'm going to switch my prediction for Liverpool with them. This is still not going to be right. But Liverpool second, United fourth. That is my mulligan. I have faith in Southampton. I think they're going to turn it around. I hope they're going to turn it around. It's United are finished. I don't know. Know. One one thing would have been maybe like bump Everton into the top four. Yeah. But United are finishing second. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. uh, Ollie's tricky reds. Ollie's tricky reds. They're looking tricky right now. It is. They it's uh, tricky. You, they don't even know what's going on. So how is the other team going to know what's going? It's a recipe. Right. Yes. Uh, only only good things can probably happen from that. But once we beat PSG, we're going to rail off in nineteen straight draws, and it's just going to be it's going to be crazy. Oh yeah, you guys are in the um the group of death this year. I think right. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's fitting. Very, very lucky. Very oh, I have a take on this. I'm going to put this on the airways right now. <laughs> United is not getting past the group stage, and they will they will lose to Bezikshir in Turkey because they have fans, and those motherfuckers are crazy, and United's not about that smoke. I think they finish top of the group, and they do lose in Turkey. <laughs> 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 Uh, I think they'll have Leipzig's number. Um, I think PSG thinks they're a cakewalk. So United will come out swinging. Uh, they still have nightmares about Marcus Rashford who's taking a penalty. I mean, Buffon's quaking in his boots. So, Yeah, I, uh, I can yeah, see no, that. The United Probably. and PSG. Really. In that order. All right. Bet, it bet, was bet, good, bet. brother. This has been another episode of the We Call It Soccer Show. Thanks to everybody who's been listening, liking, and following, and sharing all that stuff. It is much appreciated. You have a wonderful rest of your day. You Get have those businesses, one. the funding that they need. Make the American dream come true. Well, I'll certainly try my best. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, tune in next week for a special edition episode. Yeah, uh, so we're not going to tell you what it's about because then you won't listen if you don't want to. But uh, tune in next week to find out what it's about. Yeah. Special edition episode. <laughs> Let's go. Woo. Woo. All right. Peace, bud. Peace. Gotta hit the blunt to make me focus. Lyrics flowing out like hocus pocus. I don't even really need to talk this to focus. I'm just trying to get rid of the locusts. You know this. 